You are listening to Love Your Practice with Dr. Laura Mock. I'm a general dentist, a practice owner, and a certified life coach. I teach women who own dental practices to lead with intention and literally fall in love with their businesses. Keep listening and you will see how learning to love your practice turns into loving your life too. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of my podcast, Love Your Practice. I'm Dr. Laura Mock, and I'm just excited you're here. It's summertime. We're kind of all making it through this busy season. Um, A lot of you are very busy at work right now with summer, some not so much. Either way, we've all got things to think about and worry about and work on in our practices, and that's just normal, right? So today we are talking to the lovely, smart, and helpful Dr. Natanya. Natanya is an endodontist by training, and she doesn't practice dentistry anymore. She is a weight loss coach. So in that way, she has been trained by the same um, school that I was trained on. And so her weight coaching that she does has a lot to do with what's happening in our minds, not necessarily just her telling us what to eat or, or drink or what not to eat. And beyond that, she's just a lovely, wonderful, smart person who after interviewing her, I really felt like I was better equipped to take better care of myself. So tune in for that. Make sure you listen to the end because at the very end, she gives us a question we can ask ourselves that I have been asking myself ever since we recorded it. And it has been making a difference in the quality of my own life. So listen in and I will see you on the other side. Thanks, ladies. So I would like to thank Dr. Natanya Brown for joining me on my podcast. Thank you, Dr. Brown. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. It's an honor. I feel like we've been sort of planning this for a while and it's just finally coming to fruition. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's exciting to finally have it nailed down. Yeah. And I feel like this is kind of what happens when two amazing, busy, in-demand women are like, we're going to do something together. (laughs) Well, that's a really good way to put it. And I feel like you have so, like, I'm so inspired by all the things that you do. I'm just excited and honored to get on your busy calendar. Oh, Well, I'm honored to be on your calendar. Thank you for taking the time to do it because I know you've got all sorts of stuff going on. Absolutely. Yeah, as it should be. So do you want me to call you Dr. Brown or Dr. Natanya? You can call me Natanya. Natanya, okay. Mm -hmm. Natanya, you are an endodontist, right? By training. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you are also a life coach. Correct. Tell me about the circuitous journey that brought you where you are right now. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Well, for, you know, I'll tell you a lot of people when I first tell them, they're like, what, wait a minute, how does that work? Right. And I think especially for us dentists that have poured so much time and money and resources into becoming dentists. And, you know, in my case, like becoming a specialist, um, you know, just the idea of pursuing anything remotely outside of clinical practice, or even like academic dental practice um, is really a bit of a stretch. And 
Um, you know, it's interesting because I got into um, dentistry because my, my older sister is a physician and she saw, you know, she had a lot of friends that were in dental school while she was in medical school. And she, um, you know, could, could see that they were planning for their careers and that potentially dentistry may offer a better work-life balance. And what's interesting is I think a lot of us potentially that have become dentists, maybe that was a part of the reason why we chose dentistry. I mean, perhaps some of us were legitimately more interested in teeth than any other part of the body. But, you know, most of us would be equally interested in other facets of medicine, for example, because there's so much overlap, right? Yeah. Um, as far as the coursework and preparation, et cetera. Um, so it's kind of interesting how we kind of come into it thinking, right? Like, oh, there's, you know, dentistry is going to afford me such a fantastic life. And of course, it all kind of boils down to like, well, what's your definition of that? Maybe it is really true, or maybe it's really not, um, depending on your particular situation. So I've been um, an endodontist for 16 years, and I'm going to just take you back to, you know, about six years ago, I um, found myself owning my end you know, I had just purchased an endodontic practice and I truly felt like I was, you know, kind of burning the candle at both ends. I was busy taking care of patients and keeping them happy. I was, um, you know, keeping referring dentists happy. I was keeping my staff happy. And then, you know, I had actually just had my second son. So I would come home in the evening. I was still nursing a baby and I would just really look forward to the moment that after dinner, we would put the kids to bed and then I'd be able to curl up on the couch and I would just feel this deep sense of like, wow, I survived the day. I am now ready for some kind of, re of a, a reward or a treat for having survived. And that isn't necessarily a problematic thing, except that I was still carrying around extra weight from my second pregnancy. And I truly felt like no matter what I did, I was not able to get the pregnancy weight off. Now I tried pretty much like every diet you can imagine. I tried, I don't, I don't even know if keto was so much of a thing at that point. Um, I tried, you know, Atkins and South beach, you know, all kinds of low carb diets. And I tried every kind of exercise routine, imaginable bar classes and Peloton classes. And I just felt stuck. I felt like it just didn't matter what I was doing. I was literally and figuratively spinning my wheels and I wasn't really getting the results that I wanted. And so, you know, when you ask like, how did I become a life coach and a life and a weight coach? Um, it was really in a moment of desperation when I, I felt like I had really tried everything on my own. I felt like I had so much, um, you know, feeling of, of being ashamed of myself thinking, you know, I have all this education mm -hmm. and yet I'm still not able to figure out this whole weight thing. Like I know what it means to eat healthfully. I know what it means to move my body. And yet look at this weight that I'm still carrying around. 
So it wasn't a moment of desperation, um, you know, as, as can happen with a lot of people, it was new years. And so I had this new year resolution to lose weight. And one thing led to another. And I found a podcast by Dr. Katrina Ubell, weight loss for busy physicians. Love her. Mm. And, you know, she has become a huge inspiration for me. She coaches physicians, female physicians to help them lose weight. And so I started listening to this podcast and I'll tell you, um, you know, it was probably by episode three or four that I quickly figured out that, you know, she was doing a a lot more than just telling people like, Hey, you might want to eat hummus and carrots instead of French fries. Right. Like she was truly helping people, myself included, to really hone into ourselves on a deeper level and ask ourselves, like, why are we eating to begin with? Can we really get to what's at the heart of why we are overweight? Yes, the food choices matter. Yes, the exercise matters. But what matters even more is how all of our emotional baggage can translate into added weight on our body. So, so she, you know, probably the best way for me to describe it is that this podcast was my gateway drug, so to speak, into the world of mindfulness, into the world of truly taking care of oneself by first taking care of one's mind. And so, you know, um, I reached out to Dr. Katrina Ubell. I ended up, you know, she actually doesn't take uh, dentists as clients, but I was able to receive um, coaching through the life coach school. And then I went on to, um, you know, ultimately I decided to become a certified coach myself because I really strongly felt compelled after I saw the impact that it had on my life. I felt strongly compelled that there had to be other dentists that felt, you know, similarly as far as being really frustrated and stuck and not able to prioritize themselves, their wellness. Um, And so that really prompted me and motivated me to become a certified coach and to serve the dental community. Wow. (laughs) So just to clarify, the life coach school is the coaching ecosystem that trained you and me and Dr. Katrina Ubell. Exactly. And I'm grateful that you pointed that out because what I just, what I failed to mention that's very worth mentioning here is that you, Dr. Laura, are an integral part of this story. I remember when I was considering signing up to become certified by the Life Coach School and um, it's a six month long program. And I remember asking them point blank, do you by any chance know if there's any other dentists that have been through this program? And they told me why, yes, there's Dr. Laura Mock. And I told them I would love to be in touch with you. And they just said, you know what? We're gonna put you in touch with her. And, you know, I had my fingers crossed that you would be, you know, willing and available and open to talking to me. And so, you know, you had nothing but great things to say about the life coach school. And so absolutely, um, you know, I, I, um, you were an integral part of, of that process, 100%. So thank you. I was was very happy to do it and also to gain a friend. 
Absolutely. There's nobody like another dentist who's a woman and a life coach to really solidify things. Like there's cement all around our friendships. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm very, very grateful that the entire process um, you know, was able to connect me with you. And yeah. I've, I've benefited tremendously from, from your work as well as your friendship. So thank you. Yeah. So you've been doing this for a while now. I mean, first you, you stepped through it with Dr. Ubell on her yes. podcast and then kind of figured it out for yourself. And then you went through the certification and now you have a program for dentists, right? Weight loss yes. for dentists. Exactly. Tell me about how that works. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when people come to me and they have questions about like what exactly I offer, one of the first things that I like to clarify right from the get-go is that really no part of it is cookie cutter. So it's Mm -hmm. totally customizable. Um, This isn't a diet plan that you're subscribing to. Um, It is not prescriptive in any way. So, you know, as I mentioned previously, yes, the food choices matter. Yes. The portions matter. Yes. Exercise can matter. I can talk way more about each of those things, um, in much more detail. However, what we really hone in on is the mindset piece of things. Now, previously, when I heard the word mindset, I'd be like, yeah, that's nice. Like what exactly does that mean? That that doesn't really mean anything to me. And so let me really break it down. So, um, through the process, right. Um, the way we have been trained through the life coach school is to be using the thought model. Now to, to break down exactly what this is, is outside of the scope of this particular episode. Um, maybe your listeners may be a little bit familiar. I know just to, just to recap the thought model involves, you know, circumstances in your life, may trigger thoughts. Your thoughts are going to then create your feelings. Feelings drive your actions and actions are ultimately what are going to be creating all the results that you have in your life. Now, traditionally, you know, pretty much any diet that you're going to sign up for is going to focus on what actions you need to take in order to get the results you want. So it's very action-based. That's fine. We all thing, take this walk. Exactly. Like count these calories, do this much exercise, eat these many macros or whatever. Don't eat certain things, right? It's very much, these are the actions you need to take to get these results. Now we all know that of course, actions are very important for the results that you want. However, what we're ignoring, if we're only, if we're being, you know, very blindsided and not looking at all, or rather tunnel vision and only looking at the actions to create the results, what we're really ignoring is the types of thoughts and feelings that you need and want to generate in order to create sustainable action. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, in, an, in a typical scenario, You get all motivated to lose weight. You pick a diet plan. You start the diet. You're doing great for a few days, maybe a few weeks if you're lucky, right? And then what happens? Life happens, maybe a party, maybe a holiday, maybe a weekend or birthday, and you fall off the bandwagon. You 
maybe eat way more than you expected or planned or hoped for. Maybe you wanted to avoid all carbs and you started eating carbs, whatever the situation is, you quote unquote fell off the bandwagon. Now, the typical cycle is that that's an invitation, like society teaches us and conditions the majority of us that when we fall off the bandwagon, we now feel ashamed of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And the way out of that is to gather more strength, gather more willpower, so that then we can muscle through trying to continue with the same actions that got us there in the first place, right? Yep. So... So it's, again, focused on the actions, but the thoughts are no longer motivating thoughts. There is no longer a feeling of motivation. It's more like shame or, gee, how did I mess up? Or, man, I just can't seem to figure this out. I just need more strength. There's a whole host of thoughts like that, right? Does that sound familiar? Yeah, and sometimes for me, it's thoughts of deprivation, this is so unfair. I see all these skinny people eating all this stuff, but here I am with my salad and I'm not skinny like them. This isn't fair. Yeah. This isn't that fair. creates feelings that are not motivating to eating the right thing. <laughs> exactly. And so you can, of course, tell yourself, like, I just need more strength. I just need more willpower. And I don't know about you, but those are not the best feelings. Like when you think negatively towards yourself and you're feeling resistant and you're feeling resentful mm -hmm. and you're feeling ashamed, these are not feelings that are ultimately going to continue motivating you in the actions that you want to take. So willpower can work for a period of time. Um, you know, even if you're lucky, maybe you can use willpower to get all the way to your goal weight. Mm -hmm. um, but for the vast majority of people, it's not sustainable at really maintaining weight. So most people, maybe they can lose some or all the weight they want to lose, but really the catch is with maintaining the weight. Are we truly creating habits that are sustainable? And in order to do this, our thoughts and our feelings about what, about the actions that we want to take actually need to be completely overhauled. So that's really where we take a more global approach. Mm -hmm. And you know, one thing that I make abundantly clear too is that we we just really want to avoid tapping into willpower because ultimately willpower is just not a sustainable resource. And I think about, you know, like my days in the dental office, like, you know, at the beginning of the day, you have a full tank of willpower. Like if yeah. you think about willpower like a gas tank it's like full in the morning most people are not you know tempted to eat all sorts of junk food in the morning maybe some are but by and large you know it tends to be later in the day in the afternoon uh, maybe after you had you know an extra talkative patient um, maybe you've had a staff member that's called in sick maybe you have an argument with your spouse when you get home or like your kids are misbehaving all of these things start to chip away at your willpower. And so then in the evening, right? Like when you come home from a long day seeing patients, it's already, you know, six, seven, 8 PM, you're already hungry. Add on top of that feelings of like, I deserve a reward for having survived. Mm -hmm. Willpower is really not going to help you out in those situations. Most of the time we're going to you know, be much more likely to give in to any urges we have to eat food that we might regret later. So I really 
you know, my approach is much more based out of, you know, creating plans for people, for individuals, taking into consideration their life circumstances, setting them up for success. And the, the thought behind it is how can I show myself love and compassion in this process to fuel the change as opposed to willpower, deprivation, restriction, self-loathing, those kind of thoughts. You know, if we can go back for a minute to how you would, you would do your day of patience and then you would nurse your baby and take, be the mom and then tuck them in bed. And you get to this point where you're like, I made it now I get my reward. It just makes me think about um, the times in my life where I've chosen at the end of the day to get off of my bandwagon. And usually it has to do with something that went badly in the middle of the day. Maybe I was extracting a tooth that broke or I was going to seat a crown, but the contact was open and the patient got huffy with me or, you know, any number of things that maybe I, maybe I was busy and I didn't even have time to pee. I always say that one. I'm running from thing to thing. And I get to this part where my body wants to stop feeling that unpleasant emotion that was created during the day from whatever crappy thing happened. And I got in the habit of stopping that bad feeling by covering it up with something that would automatically feel better. Yeah. And maybe it was ice cream or maybe it was a glass of wine. Um, Maybe it was chips while I was cooking. Absolutely. (laughs) I was making a salad, but I was eating tortilla chips, you know? Yeah. think I mean we we ascribe to the same philosophy which is that we gotta we gotta be aware of what's happening during our clinical days in our brain because our brain's going to take us for a ride of scarcity or or um shame or um any number of unpleasant feelings if we can get to that yes then if we want to lose weight we can lose weight then if we want to love our practice which is what I teach we can love our practice. We can come home and not have to feel sorry for ourselves or try to cover up what bad thing we've been feeling. Absolutely. I can't agree with that more. A big part of your work as well as mine is truly honing in on what am I feeling right now? And is it possible that I can feel this feeling and survive? Mm -hmm. And is it possible that this feeling can teach me something about myself? Yes. And why am I automatically trying to run away from this feeling? See, Mm -hmm. we're taught, right? Like society teaches us. We have this notion that like we've kind of bought into from a young age that we should just always seek to be happy, right? And like, I know Brooke Castillo, the founder of the Life Coach School, um, I might get this quote a little wrong, but she said something to the effect of like, we have the audacity to believe that, you know, we should live until old age and that we should be able to provide for our children and that we should, you know, never really face adversity and that we should always be happy. And if I could paraphrase that for dentists specifically, you know, like as you know, when we graduate from dental school, maybe we've also bought into this notion that like our, our lives as dentists should be (laughs) stress-free that, 
you know, I remember that, that we that should though. be able, yeah, that we should, you know, just like my sister told me, bless her soul, you know, it's this great work-life balance that, you know, um, you know, that perhaps, um, you know, patients should always be happy to see us, that we should be able to make a really good living, like make good money, um, you know, and so there's just this mentality that, you know, it's really like the land of milk and honey. And um, what that, what, what it really fails to um, teach us and empower us with is, you know, there's going to be ups and downs, no matter what your chosen profession is, right? Mm -hmm. And happiness isn't always what we're gonna be feeling. There's a lot of different feelings down the entire path. And maybe each day we're gonna feel a whole spectrum of feelings on a day-to-day -day basis, right? And like happiness is one part of it, but there's, you know, everything in between, right? Positive and negative feelings. And what would it look like if we were open to truly feeling whatever feelings we're having in the moment, as opposed to only signing up to feel the happy feelings and then running away from all the other ones, right? Like I would get home from work stressed out. Let me eat this ice ice cream so I can feel good in the moment. And it absolutely would make me feel good in the moment, right? Like we know eating sugar releases dopamine in the brain, mm -hmm. right? But we're also adults and we can think with a higher part of our brain. We can make decisions for our long-term interest, our best long-term interest, right? So how do we empower ourselves to be comfortable even with uncomfortable feelings okay let me let me ask you this might be a difficult question but i want you to just give it a try okay so let's go are you about to make me feel uncomfortable maybe but don't worry <laughs> discomfort is the price of your dreams just yes. feel it okay let's go um so I'm a client of yours. Okay? okay. And my, I get home, I do all the things. And my husband says, Hey babe, I'm getting out the Ben and Jerry's. Do you want some? Okay. So in my mind, I'm, I'm feeling the urge. I'm like, I worked so hard. I want to taste that creamy goodness, you know, that type of thing. And so I'm at that point where I'm going to decide, am I going to stick with what I have planned? Or am I going to go to the Insta happy? Okay. So what would an inner dialogue look like for me in that moment if I were following your coaching? Hmm. That's a great question. The inner dialogue. I love that. And I also love Insta happy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, well you just, that's so great. I'm going to have to actually use that. I love that. You bring up a couple really fantastic concepts. So yes, there's an inner dialogue. We don't always slow down long enough to listen to our inner dialogue. So I, I feel like you brought up such good things. I need like paper and pencil to jot down notes and make sure I address everything that's coming to mind. But, um, but yeah, pausing is really the first step. So frequently when we have an urge to eat something that maybe we're going to regret later, 
it's like we're on fast forward. I remember times that I would just, you know, eat half the pint of ice cream or the whole pint of ice cream and not even really realize it until afterwards. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I just ate this whole thing. Like it was like, it was enjoyable, but like I barely slowed down long enough to actually enjoy it. So when it comes to actually managing urges and, and figuring out how we even want to process this, the first step is to slow down and even just recognizing that there is an urge, bringing awareness to it is truly half the battle. Okay. So that's like naming it. Like I see that right now I am an urge for this ice cream. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a huge step recognizing that there's an urge. Now by definition, an urge feels urgent. It does. Okay. So let's actually go there for a second. You're in the kitchen. Husband pulls out pint of ice cream from freezer, you know, and it feels like there's this strong, overwhelming, compelling sensation within you that you need to eat the ice cream, right? Like maybe it sounds like I'm exaggerating, but in the moment, it's like, there's just like no negotiating. It's like, of course you want ice cream, right? And I can't think of anything else. And a lot of times I won't think about the fact that I, I lost some weight in the past month and I, and I have a trip to Mexico or whatever on my books and I'm not thinking about, I'm just thinking about the ice cream in that moment. Oh yeah. At that point, it doesn't matter that you might have a goal to lose weight. doesn't matter how you want to look in a bikini. doesn't matter, you know, all these long-term goals for yourself, Mm -hmm. your brain is now completely forgetting about that. All it's thinking about is just see ice cream, eat ice cream. And Mm -hmm. so slowing down to the point where you can actually name it and say, Hey, I'm having an urge to eat this is huge. And also recognizing that by definition, urges feel urgent. And what I want to propose is that there actually is no emergency happening. There is no hypoglycemic event imminently about to happen. We're not talking about (laughs) hunger. (laughs) We're not talking about like, you know, true hunger. This is not what we're talking about. Um, And so while it may feel exceedingly urgent and necessary, life or death almost, for you to eat this ice cream, like that is not actually the case. Like a part of your brain, that primitive brain, lizard brain part is trying to tell you that you need it for survival. And and that kind of correlates back to what you said, like insta-happy. Well, yes, if you eat that ice cream, dopamine will be released in your brain. Your brain thinks that that's fantastic. And that must go hand in hand with survival. And here's the thing, whatever you've done your entire life up until this point, it's worked out decently well because you're still alive. Right. Right. So like why, you know, in that moment, your lizard brain is totally going to tell you, why would you want to change things up now? Like your husband offers you ice cream. Most of the time you say yes, like you should totally say yes, right? So breaking it down, naming it, right? So slowing down, naming the urge, like saying, oh my goodness, there's an urge. And then we we have three options, right? We have three options for how we manage and effectively get rid of an urge. Number one is we can give in to the urge. Now, Mm -hmm. 
you may not want to do it or you may want to do it regardless giving in to the urge gets rid of it right it's like scratching yeah. an itch mm -hmm. okay so the second option is like we alluded to earlier using willpower to block it out and resist it so we could say you know you could tell your husband like um why are you even bringing ice cream into this house i told you i'm on a diet don't ever offer me ice cream i don't want to think about it i don't want to talk about it like just ice cream does not belong here and um you know get annoyed maybe that he's offering you some and in and and this technique is really you know you're just blocking it out and what happens is when we focus our energy on blocking out the urge we're effectively giving more power to it and so i'm sure you've heard the beach ball analogy right mm -hmm. like you think of a beach ball and the urge is the beach ball and it's it's not strong at all but you try pushing it under the water with all your might and then sure enough it comes popping out of the water with all this the, the strength that it has because you've given it power. So that's mm -hmm. the same when we try to, you know, resist an urge. Most of the time we end up saying, you know, I need to block this out and then, okay, forget it. Give me the whole pint of ice cream. Now I'm just going to eat it. Now I'm going to just give into it. Mm -hmm. So the, the third option, which is really what I recommend is to just sit with the urge. And that is uncomfortable. So you're just noticing that you have the urge you're recognizing that it's uncomfortable to feel the urge without feeling the need to attend to it. And the beautiful thing is that the urge actually won't stay there forever. You may feel in the moment that the urge will stay there forever, but that is not the case. Now, that may take practice. It doesn't necessarily come perfectly overnight. Um, but with, the with a collection of practicing um, this process, you can become really great at noticing that you have an urge and just letting it go. It doesn't have to overpower you um, at all. And so you bring up a really good question because part of what you asked was like, if you were my client, what would be going on in your mind? And again, this is truly a, it's a process to kind of retrain your brain from wherever it it is into a new way of thinking so that when you are, you know, like what would it look like to have your husband offer you ice cream and to legitimately just say like, yeah, I'm sure I would enjoy eating some, but I'm choosing not to have any because it doesn't go in alignment with my future version of myself. I want to lose weight at whatever rate I have decided in advance. And I don't have to be angry or resentful, resentful at my husband. I don't have to feel deprived. I can also choose when I'm going to have some ice cream, right? So this isn't to, you know, single out ice cream and say we should never be eating ice cream. With love and compassion, I can also decide when I do want to have ice cream. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hopefully wow. that answers your question. It does. Yeah. Um, I like that you brought up that you can create or retrain your brain to react in a new way over time. And what I found, because I have also studied this method, they make everybody study it for my listeners. <laughs> when you get certified, you learn the weight loss process too. Um, I haven't gotten into it as deep as you have, but 
I learned over time how to look at a food that I know is in alignment with my health and feel more neutral about it by what I say in my own mind about the food, which is usually something like, oh, that would be tasty, but it's not for me or something. It's, you have to make it real simple and something that if you say it enough times to yourself, then it just starts to pop up on its own. And we know that will happen because again, human brains, they're predictable. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's such a good point. So the way that we think about things, it's interesting because, um, it really is malleable. Um, we yes. tend to think that we're always going to have these thoughts. And, and I got to tell you, you know, um, through this work, I really came to, um, understand on a much deeper level, just how, um, malleable we are. I used to think of myself as a devout chocoholic. So mm -hmm. specifically when I was talking about, you know, coming home and getting the kids to bed and feeling stressed out and looking for a reward, you know, it would probably be in the form of chocolate. I just felt, and the funny thing is, is that there were times that I truly felt pretty full from my dinner, like mm -hmm. not even just satisfied, like overly full. And yet there's always room for dessert, right? Like <laughs> I would just, <laughs> I would have this thought like, well, of course I'm not going to not have dessert. Like I, I have to have dessert. Like it's part of, I felt like it was part of my essence. Like I needed it, you know? Yeah. And so what I came to realize is like, no, I don't, I don't actually need it. And it's fine to enjoy it, but you know, there's such a difference between truly sitting down and enjoying a dessert in whatever, you know, moderate portion versus, you know, eating something like when you're already stuffed and your brain is just saying, you know, like I should just eat this just because like I just should, because I'm, you know, used to the like routine of it. Like it's just ingrained mm -hmm. in my routine. And it's, I don't even know that it's enjoyable at that point. It's just kind of, it formed part of my daily habits. Mm -hmm. So I got to a point where I was truly able to like reinvent myself and really ask, like, is that a habit that I want? Like, do I want to be having a dessert when I'm already really full? Or would I prefer to save that same dessert to eat at a time when I'm not stuffed to the gills? Like how much more enjoyment am I going to get it, get out of it then? Right? Yeah. Wow. So my listeners are not only female dentists, a lot of them are owners. So they're busy. They have a lot of responsibility and they have a lot on their plates, not their food plates, but you know, what they're responsible for. <laughs> and I'm just wondering, like, what, what advice do you have for any of my listeners who are interested, but they want to take a baby step, you know, because maybe something that's not very time consuming or, um, or that their brain will tell them is too much work. What would be a good next step for someone who wants to take their health up a couple of notches? Yeah, that's a really great question. Well, you know, it's very common for a lot of us to buy into the notion that really taking care of ourselves or making the best food choices may involve extra time or extra energy or extra brains 
space. And I totally get it, especially mm -hmm. as a practice owner or possibly a mother, um, you know, you wear a lot of hats and you really don't have a whole lot of extra mental overhead to be devoting. Um, but if there's one thing I would say is, you know, there's a question that I've learned to ask myself and it just takes a split second. It doesn't require any extra time or any extra preparation or any, even really anything outside of your normal routine. It's simply asking yourself the question, what do I need right now? What do I actually need right now? Now, part of that question may be, I need to figure out how I'm feeling. Maybe it's asking yourself, like, how do I feel in this moment? And then what do I need? Now, as, you know, a busy mom myself, I usually would answer that question with saying, I need a day off at the spa or something like <laughs> as break. if that would ever happen, right? <laughs> I need a break from my children or patients. Mm -hmm. um, but, but I'm talking more on a microscopic level. Like, you know, let's say you're running from operatory to operatory and, you know, you can sense that you're, let's say, feeling stressed or pressed for time. Um, you know, and you can ask yourself, like, what do I need right now? And the interesting thing that I have found, you know, kind of tying it back to our food choices is when I started really asking myself that question and actually pausing long enough to let myself answer the question, I discovered for myself that the answer was very infrequently something that could be found in the refrigerator or the pantry. Wow. So, so typically, typically it, it was something in the form of, I need five minutes to myself or I need to go to the bathroom. You know, like how you said earlier, like sometimes we're practicing and we're go, go, go. And we haven't had a glass of water. We yeah. haven't stopped to go to the bathroom, right? And we think that, you know, we're doing everybody favors by not taking care of ourselves, but we need to take care of ourselves. So really asking ourselves, like, what do I need right now? We are the best, we are the most equipped to really meet ourselves where we are at. Nobody is going to magically show up and say, hey, excuse me, it's potty break time. Or, <laughs> you know, hey, it's time for you to go take a five minute break. Now, you know, of course, the circumstances of our days all are somewhat different. Um, what we're choosing to say yes to or choosing to say no to. But I would say as a first step, it's just, um, you know, listening to the voice within um, and starting to grow the trust you have with yourself as far as recognizing your own needs and then feeling equipped to be able to answer to them. I really like that question. And I think it's good for any woman any dentist really who's seeking to take better care of themselves, whether or not they need to lose weight or however they're dealing with their stress. What do I need right now is an awareness question. Yeah. So as we ask that to ourselves, our answers become new thoughts and thoughts that can make us feel better than the, the train track that our brain was on before.
Yeah. So I think that's great advice for everybody listening to this podcast, whether they need to lose weight or not. And, you know, if there's one thing I would add to that is I would, um, I would also notice when your brain automatically goes towards things that we've almost been conditioned or pre-programmed to think, for example, at the end of a stressful day, like the thought of like, I need a reward or I need a treat or I need a glass of wine or I need, you know, something sweet, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Like, of course it's, uh, that's not evil or bad to think that in the moment, but what I'm asking you to do is actually go a layer beneath that, like really what's prompting, right? Like if you feel at the end of a day that you're stressed out and you want a glass of wine, what's going on there, right? Like there isn't a problem with the wine. There isn't a problem with the dessert. It's really, are you taking care of the underlying need that's that's really truly under that? Like, are we really nurturing what's going on? Are we getting at the heart of the problem? Right. Well, yeah, that reminds me that's, there's a second question that you can ask yourself. That's basically at the heart of what you're saying is what am I trying to not feel right now? Yeah. What am I trying to cover up? Yeah. And what if I just felt that then I don't have to be afraid of it anymore. You know, our bodies are created to feel the emotions Yes. It's just like the law of gravity, except for its emotions in our body. We can't fight gravity and we can't fight these emotions. So if we feel them and acknowledge them and name them and ask ourselves, if we actually have to get rid of that emotion, we'll be so much more at peace. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And make better choices for ourselves. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think you just hit the nail on the head. Boom. <laughs> All right. We're also let me ask you one more question. Okay. This has been such a fascinating interview. So I am positive that there are people just hanging on every word that comes out of your lips. Oh, you're How so can sweet. Find more of you? Oh, you're so kind. Um, all right. Well, so I am, well, so I have my website, of course, which is drnatanya.com. That's drnatanya.com. Um, I enjoy posting on social media every day, either posts or videos. Um, so on Instagram, it's dr.natania, um, at dr.natania on Instagram. Um, I also have a Facebook group that's weight loss for dentists. Um, I don't really know how to verbally instruct people to go find it. Um, but I suppose just typing in weight loss for dentists. There you go. Yeah. But we'll yeah. um, we'll see if we can get a link to it in yeah. the show notes, so people can go to my website, loveyourpractice.net, and click on the episode with you and me, and they can find the show notes there. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Good. I'm so glad, and dentistry is so lucky to have you serving them. Like the work that you do, it improves the lives of your clients, and it improves the lives of their families and their patients as well. Thank you so, so much. I think you and I feel similarly in that we're part of, you know, a group of like-minded dentists that are really trying to work to improve the lives of dentists, right? Through mindfulness, through mind management, through wellness practices. Um, I absolutely love the work that you're doing. And I so wish that I would have 
gotten to know you earlier when I owned a practice, a practice and was so stressed out. I know I could have benefited tremendously from your work then. However, I'm very grateful that I can still benefit from it now. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody who buys a practice should be required to take a course from a life coach so they can I the brain won't have to take them on those rides. Exactly. To go on, so. I thoroughly agree. Yes. 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 You do amazing, amazing work. So please keep doing what you're doing. Thank, thank you. you so much for I having will. me on. And thank you for coming. I, we, I, everyone's going to love this episode. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Love Your Practice with Dr. Laura Mock. I would love to meet you. To join our movement, find the Facebook group called Love Your Practice and request to join. If you can't find it, just send me a message and I'll add you. You'll find me there helping all of my ladies to fall in love with their businesses and have a better life. <music>